Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Generation SOS On Record. We're here today with Lindsay Metzler, dating expert and podcast host of We Met at Acme. We'll be asking her about all things dating and mental health, from how to notice toxicity to how to step away when it's time. Listen up and enjoy. A lot of who I dated were addicts, actually. Like, if you truly love them, you have to walk away. You love someone else if you don't love yourself. Thing is, like, I don't make being sober my, my entire personality. You talk a lot about relationships and dating on your podcast, and in light of today being Valentine's Day, the day of love, I think it's so cool that you were able to join me. I'm so excited to have you on. You have a huge fan base, and your target audience are all similar to me and the other two hosts early 20s who are dating and and love dating and that whole culture. So this is going to be very interesting to hear your perspective. Today, we're going to be talking about mental health and that impact on relationships. So in our previous episodes, we've discussed abusive relationships, sibling and parental relationships. So I want to know, in an ideal world, how should romantic relationships contribute to your mental health? Mm. Romantic relationships should add ease to your mental health. Um, they definitely shouldn't make your mental health worse. And if they are, it's likely it's a toxic relationship or just a relationship that's not right for you. Um, you're, you know, we have so many things in our lives that cause stress. Our relationships, although it's imp- like impossible for them to not at some point, but they shouldn't be the source of our stress. They will stress you out at some point, right? You're going to fight with your partner, but they shouldn't be the main source. And if they are, then you need to reevaluate that relationship, I think. I know you also talk a lot about red flags. Sometimes those are overlooked. And when I say red flags for everybody listening, I'm not talking about your partner wears socks with sandals kind of thing. So what are a few you believe that are kind of universal for anybody, anybody in a dating relationship? I think a universal red flag is if they're rude to waiters and just any staff of any kind, like that's like a number one, this isn't a good person. I think if they are just like disrespectful to their parents who don't deserve it necessarily, right? Like not saying all parents are perfect, Um, how they treat the women in their life, like for, for men, especially is interesting. Like if they value them as like, equals or you know if they have healthy female friendships versus like only you know people that they want to hook up with and whatever um I think also red flags are communication right communication in a relationship is so crucial having good communication and if they don't in the beginning it's probably not going to get better um so paying attention to that especially and you want your partner to put you first or at least make it seem like you're first. And so like selfish behavior is, is, is a really red flag early on too. Like that can even translate to the bedroom, like not caring if you're enjoying it too. And things like that. Also kind of values. If you, I mean, if you guys don't align that way, that could be a big red flag. Like, Oh, definitely. 100%. So do you have any red flags that you that you are aware of and obviously try to acknowledge. Um, I, hmm, I mean, I'm not 
I mean, I'm sober. <laughs> so it depends how you look at that. Um, no, but I think I, you know, as someone with an addiction can be selfish for sure at times. Um, I think that I like to control things because I can't control other things, right? So I have that controlling aspect. Um, I think that I could probably do with a little bit more ability to relax um, and, you know, not be so structured and, and go with the flow more. Um, but red flags, I mean, I think I've, I've done a lot of work on myself. I think if yeah. you asked me like five years ago, I would be able to list like 10 red flags that are so bad, but I don't think at this stage in my life, you know, I'm 32, I have as, as many, I don't, I wouldn't say any of my red flags are deal breakers. So I, I like how you said, you know, looking back probably, but now with self-awareness, it's like, I know that I have that, but I can work on it. So it's not as much a red flag because I know that it's in my control now. Kind exactly. of thing. Exactly. Yeah. It's what, as long, like, as you continue to get self-aware, you start to diminish your red flags because at least you're aware of them and can start right. that work on them. You're married now. Did you have a big dating history prior to that? Oh my God. Huge. I mean, okay. I, a lot of who I dated was, were addicts actually. Um, because I, you know, had my own issues and I was kind of like hiding under their issues in a way. Um, so a lot of that, I think I definitely am guilty of being a serial monogamist, love being in a relationship and like, didn't love being single as much. I always had fun when I was single, but I always found myself like wanting to talk to one person and have that like person in my life. Um, and so I dated, but I did date a lot. Like I had a lot of relationships before I met my husband for sure. Whereas like he, he only had had one, I think. What if you're dating somebody who's struggling with mental health, potentially turns to substance use, you know, has addiction issues. Where's that role? Cause you're not a parent, but you also need to be a partner. Where is that kind of in between that boundary of how to support them, but also not let it take a toll on your own mental health? Mm, yeah, I think that, you know, there are resources for that, like Al-Anon, for example, but also I think just making sure that you do set those boundaries of like taking, putting your mask on first on the plane before you put theirs, like you need to make sure that you have all of your ducks in order, that you're feeling good, that you had a day of fulfillment, of nourishment, of whatever you needed before you, you know, start to put someone's feelings in front of yours. I don't think you should put them in front of yours at all, but I think that you just need to make sure that you're taken care of before you try to take care of someone else because it's not good if you don't. I actually remember I had a friend who, before I got sober, who was like in a worse way than I was. And I was always trying to take care of this friend, but I myself like was falling apart. And so right. it was like, you know, as they say, the blind leading the blind, like it just wasn't, it wasn't good. So what did you also need in that time going through addiction from your previous partners or friends? 
I think I needed someone to just kind of like let me fall. And I feel like so often I'll get reached out to by girlfriends or boyfriends of people who are, you know, addicted to weed or addicted to alcohol or whatever it is. And they're like, how do I get this to stop? Like, I'm, this is not okay. Blah, blah, blah. For me, like whenever someone tried to get me to stop anything, I would just put them in the box of like, they're horrible. They suck. They're annoying. But whenever somebody just like, let me do whatever I was doing, I then kind of felt like an idiot. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like I was kind of like, oh, why do I just, why do I need to like get fucked up sitting here next to someone who's just like not, but they're letting me. So I just am starting to feel dumb about it. Almost like, you know, letting this person like trip and fall, not necessarily hit a rock bottom, but like letting, being like a mirror. I think the relationships that were like, the best in terms of showing me that I had a problem were those where they didn't tell me what to do or not to do. And it goes back to no one can make you change. You have to do that yourself, whether that's hitting rock bottom, losing people, whatever that may be. So that's, that's a good point. Kind of sometimes you have to let people learn in a loving way with love that's you honestly showing love to somebody like I'm gonna let you learn I'm not gonna force this on you kind of thing totally Uh, that was a good answer thank you for that (laughs) (laughs) um so this individual they are dating somebody who's struggling with their mental health wants to break up they have guilt that okay I'm kind of giving up on this person and that they're abandoning them what would you what's some advice for them hmm I would say that the best thing that you could do in this situation, unfortunately, um, is to leave them because, so, okay, I've said this before and I get so much shit for this. Like I've had so many people message me being like, my dad had a problem and if my mom had left him, like I wouldn't be alive today, you know? Right. And like, there's always exceptions, right? But for the most part, your partner is not going to realize that anything's an issue if people in their lives keep enabling them and you being right next to them and being supportive, no matter what happens is unfortunately enabling them. And if you truly love them, it's like that stupid quote, but like, if you love someone, set them free. Like if you truly love them, you have to walk away and hope that they'll be able to like get clean and, and be with you again, but don't bank on it. Because if you really love someone, you want them to shine regardless of if you're in their life or not, you want them to be okay. And that path is not going to be achieved if you're still right there. True <laughs> love is wanting someone to be happy regardless of you being in their life. Period. period Period. I couldn't have said it better Lindsay it's true though I mean and I guess what they're also saying is I have this guilt feeling like I'm abandoning them and if something happens to them it's going to be my fault right I think also like if you are feeling guilty which is totally valid right I would just make sure that before you step away their best friend their mom their sibling knows what's up so that they, you know, like if you're the only one that knows they have a problem and you leave them and then God forbid something happens, 
I would understand that you feel guilty, right? But if everyone knows and there's a support system and they are checked in on and whatever, then walk away, you know? What's your take on dating apps and that affecting those who use them's mental health? I love dating apps. I think that they're great and they're such a good resource, but I understand why it affects people's mental health. I think that that happens because people take them too seriously. When you look at dating apps as like an addition to your life, not like something absolutely necessary to like life or death, then you have a totally different experience on them. I always say, because I do dating app consultations, like, please don't take it too seriously. Let's have fun. Let's be lighthearted with this because it can get painful if you're not like that, right? If you're like so vulnerable on your profile and like nobody likes you on there, you're like, oh my God, but like I bared my soul versus if you're like, I'm obsessed with tacos, like, and no, and no one likes you. It hurts a little less, you know? So it's like, Dating apps are supposed to be like a breath of fresh air, but if they don't feel like that to you, then like you need to reevaluate your relationship with them, I think. Someone asked, I feel like I'm always in toxic relationships, like I attract them. Is that because I lack self-love? Definitely. But I think self-love is like such a general thing. Like I think it's a lot within that, like insecurity, you know, not understanding your worth. I think, which ultimately comes from not loving yourself. And I think that it's so funny because that's also connected to self-awareness, right? If you're not self-aware, you don't know how amazing you are. You're not going to love yourself. It's like so cyclical. And I think that it has to do with therapy, which I'm a huge proponent of. And I think also just like having an amazing support system that shows you your self-worth, right? Because so many people don't. And so many people like diminish them themselves in order to lift some like undeserving partner up. And so I think, yes, like that definitely comes from self-worth, but self-worth is so much more than just, right. You know, if you know how great you are, it doesn't help your mental right. health to not have self-love. <laughs> that's for sure. But there are some mental health conditions that obviously we can't help no matter how much we love ourselves. We still have this thing about us. Like, you know, I deal with a lot of like hormonal stuff that makes me depressed sometimes, whether I want to be or not. And I could love myself, but that might still happen. Um, But I will say when I do the things that I'm supposed to do, like the cocktail, right? Like working out, eating Right. right, sleeping eight hours, you know, whatever it is, I start to love myself more you know, like there's, there's things you can do to try to improve at least your mental health. It might not ever be perfect, but there's things you can do and you know, you can do those things. We all know we don't want to, we don't want to put our phone down and read a book, but we know our mental health is going to be happy. We don't want to go on the walk in the winter, but we know it's going to be helpful. No one, like most of us don't love ourselves, but we're in relationships. And so I think that's a, that's a relationship. The one with yourself that is ongoing forever. You go back and forth, ebb and flow into like what's important that day. But like, you really do 
you can love someone else if you don't love yourself. Hopefully not more than yourself because you don't love yourself, but you know. You're sober. Now you're married, but you dated sober. I know you host single mixers. Are those sober, by the way? Not all of them. Okay. Okay. I was just curious. Sober dating. Any tips for individuals who are newly sober, newly single, who are sober? What's kind of some advice that you'd have or, or what you wish you would have known? Um, I would say don't put anything in front of your sobriety. Obviously, you know, don't prioritize dating until you've been a year sober if you can help it. Um, but also my whole thing is like, I don't make being sober my, my entire personality. You know, I would be turned off if I dated someone who did. So make sure that like, I used to always say like, when I was dating and sober, or when I was sober dating, I would say, I'm I'm gonna have a Diet Coke to that tonight, but you won't notice or something like something that just minimizes it not because it's minimal to me but because it's not how I'm about to get to know someone and like I just thought it was really important to you know get to know somebody I don't need to tell them my whole story of why I don't drink off the bat like I they should earn it the same way like I should earn their story about like their relationship with their dad or whatever it is you know um So it's not a meeting where you have to share your life story. Like it is a date and enjoy it. And so being sober is a blessing when you're dating because you will know immediately if you're into that person or not. So do you have like a dating app yourself? No, I don't. But we throw mixers all the time. So follow We Met at Acme and go to wemetatacme.com for more info. For more conversations like these or to find a support system near you, go to generationsos.org.